Haggai, the second chapter. Amen. Praise God. God bless our Sunday school class. Appreciate them. Appreciate every testimony. Again, it's just the way the Lord works. It's just uh, goes hand in hand with what the Lord has put on my heart today. And uh, God's so good. Appreciate your prayers. Keep praying for me. I mean it. Said it last week. I want to say it again. Pray for me. God's direction. God's wisdom. We need God to have his way. I have no desire to just do things my way. It's interesting to me sometimes, and I don't mind. I'm not fussing with anybody right now. I understand, and I like to hear what's on your heart. But sometimes sometimes folks say, you know what you ought to preach on? It's like, wow, I don't even ask myself what I ought to preach about. <laughs> Amen. You don't want to hear what I want to talk about probably. It might be interesting to me, and you might say, well, it seems like he really enjoyed himself. Amen. But there's got to be more than that. We want God to help us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, for your kindness, for all that you've done. We're so blessed. God, we're so blessed and so thankful for, Lord, what you have done and what you have given us, Lord. And God, we ask you to have your way. Open up our hearts. Help us to have an ear to hear what your spirit would say to each one of us, Lord. God, help us to be doers of your word, not hearers only. And God, we give you all the glory and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Did I give you enough time to find Haggai? All right. Chapter 2. Verse 4, yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, O ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I have covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear Ye not, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory. Somebody say glory. glory. Sayeth the Lord of hosts, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former saith the Lord of hosts, and in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. God bless you. You can be seated. This is an interesting time, this scripture, the context of it for Israel. They're rebuilding the temple that had been destroyed. They're backsliding, their idolatry, they're turning away from trusting God. They're ignoring of all the warnings of the prophets that came and said, come on, God's been so good to you. Why do you want to walk away from him? Why? What has he done wrong to you? He's been so good. Why don't you just turn back to him? But they continued their rebellion. They continued their stubbornness and 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 hardened their hearts against all the warnings. And I'm telling you, there were many, many prophets and Saying, just turn back to God. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. But you go in a bad direction. And if you keep going the way you're going, there's going to be not victory, but defeat. There's another nation going to come. And they're going to come in and they're going to level this place that you are doing all your false worship. 
all your pride and all your going through the motions. I'm just going to destroy it. The Bible says that sadly they ignored the prophets, killed some of them, imprisoned some of them. And, um, well, Babylon came in and took them captive. But God was still with them. When things seemed the the worst, God was still working. And, and, and God destroyed that temple that Solomon built. God burned down the walls of the city of Jerusalem. And they took them captive. And you know what? That's when Daniel and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's when all that is happening. And Ezekiel is there. And other prophets are saying, you know what? God's not done with you yet. He's not giving up on you that easy. He's still got a plan for you. He's still got keep your mind on God. Keep your heart to God. Turn to him. And I'm going to bring you back and restore what was taken from you. And so in Haggai's time, what happened in Ezra and Nehemiah, God starts bringing folks back. Sadly, one of the sad things about this is only about one out of ten, only about ten percent. Of those that were in Babylon, you'd think they'd say, now, is, now I'll tell you, I've seen everything that the prophets said. I've seen everything come to pass, just like they said. And, and when my chance is to get back to Jerusalem and rebuild and, and get back to living for God happens, I am going to be the first on the bus. Right. But only about one in ten. I was reading the book of Revelation. Something that really blows my mind about end times you see things coming down uh judgment and 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 uh horrible things happening in that day and and the bible talks about folks that just refuse to repent you'd think when when things were just coming down people would say you know what i see it I know it. That's got to be real. That's everything the Bible ever said. And you know what? They're so hard hearted, so stubborn. Nope. Not even now will I turn back to God. How sad is that? How sad is that when God is, is there to rescue, God is there to save, God is there to protect his people when that shaking happens. But this context is happening when Haggai is coming back to those that have returned out of captivity. And he's talking to them saying, be strong. God's with you rebuilding this temple. And, and uh, there's a lot of problems. A lot of problems. In fact, some of the folks that have been there to see Solomon's temple, they're looking at it and saying, it's not what it used to be. People aren't are, are changed and, and, and things are uh, people aren't dedicated like they once were. And they're right. But God said, in all this, I've got a plan to make the glory even greater. I've got a plan in the midst of all this backslidden mess, in the midst of all this trying to rebuild and, and all the problems that really they brought on themselves. If you hear God, he's saying, be strong. Be strong. Joshua was a high priest that was getting ready to start the worship again. Zerubbabel was a leader there that was kind of heading up the building project. And here Haggai is along with some others of that day and the prophets and saying, come on, be strong. Keep on going. You're doing good. And God's got a plan to even make it better than what it once was. The glory of this latter house. I want to tell somebody in all that, so many different points that we could be making in that. And I hope God just helps you see what you need in all that. But 
God always, listen, when we look at this world and we see all the problems, anybody see any problems lately? Praise God. When we see the, 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 the day gets getting worse and worse, the sins of, and, and, and the bondage and the, the, the problems that we see just around us. God's got a plan in it all. God's got a plan. He's, it's just who he is. Listen to me. Don't, don't get your focus on all the darkness and, and how close we are to the end. Always remember in the midst of that, God, you're a God that does, gets, just keeps getting better. That you can have a, a, a walk with God. You can have an experience. You can have revival in your life, in your home, in your church, in your community. You can see God working in a greater way. See, that's just the way God works. He's always looking ahead to greater. We get it messed up. We start thinking, oh, the devil's getting so strong. Hey, where where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. When sin comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard against it. God's always got something better. It was mentioned our Wednesday night teaching about the tabernacle. And, you know, it just, uh, when you start going in the door, you know, it's, uh, you st- the closer you get to God, the more precious the metals the more ornate the things are. It just keeps getting better. It keeps getting better. And when you think you've got it so awesome, God builds a temple that's twice as big and twice as beautiful. Amen. Amen. God just keeps getting better. And, and I think about, you know, the Bible talks about Jacob and Esau. So many. We could just spend the rest of the service this morning talking about how God just saves the best for last. I think that's a good title for another message. Praise God. You know, there's, there's Jacob and Esau twins and, and, and God says, you know what? I know normally with people, you know, the older is going to be the leader. He said, but in this case, I've got a plan to show you something better. The younger is going to be the leader and the, the older shall serve the younger. Amen. You see this idea of, uh, of always just progressing. Uh, even in the new Testament, you see this amazing miracle of a birth of an elderly couple well past the years of conception having a baby and his name is John and and what a miracle just like Abraham and Sarah this is amazing and here comes Mary saying you know what God's not done yet going to have a miracle birth not even going to have an earthly father amen a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son just like the Bible says and on and on and on and God's going to do that in in our experience, because you know what, as great and as powerful, as beautiful, let me say, as the temple in the Old Testament was, the real heart of God is the beauty of the temple that is us. The beauty that God would not dwell behind curtains and, and, and in a temple made with hands, but that he would dwell in his people. And that our experience with him, our walk with him, our relationship with him, can I tell you, the best is yet to come. You can get your eyes on on culture and on society and say, God, what's going on? But you get your eyes on God and realize that he is working in greater ways. And he's got a plan to whatever we've got to face, do so much exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Let your faith be where God is. His best is still ahead of you. The Bible tells us very clearly, don't. Don't look at your life and say the best is behind us. God is up for the challenge. 
There's nothing that the devil does in this world that God doesn't have something greater stored away. But it's going to take men and women that are going to have that kind of faith. They're going to be able to say, you know what, God, the devil's never got one up on you. The devil's never been a tough competition for you. God, you're going to help me grow in this and go through this and have victory. But if you miss the idea of what's going on in Haggai, if you miss one thing, you're going to miss the greater things. You're going to miss the. The plan of God, because God's plan to always exceed, to always grow. You know, even when Jesus came, listen to this. This is this to me is challenging. You know, we talked about John and his his miraculous ministry and his miraculous birth. And and, and then and then Jesus follows up six months later. And, and and we see, of course, God manifested in the flesh. And what does he say to everybody? Does he say, you know what, guys, the kingdom of God has peaked. This is about as good as it gets. It's all downhill from here. When I pour out my spirit upon all flesh, you know what? You guys are going to try real hard, but you know it's going to be tough, and you're going to just squeeze on through by the skin of your teeth. Is that what Jesus said? He said, greater works than these shall you do. Amen. The works that I do, ye shall do, and greater works. How do you do greater miracles? I don't know that it's quality, except for the quality of new birth. Amen. That was still yet to come, but that his spirit would dwell in us and around this world in such a degree that it's not just centrally right there in one place at one time, but God is working. And we need to recognize that this attitude of everything's so bad and everything's getting worse and everything's its awful. I hate it. You've got your focus wrong. This world is not your home, and you need to realize that, hey, things are going to happen in this world, but God's got a plan for us. Amen. Now, getting back to what I started to say earlier about the plan, that if we miss it, sadly, a lot of folks have, even a lot of churches have, that when he's talking about the glory of the latter house, to this point, I'm telling you that your walk with God, your, your relationship with God, your experience with God will grow. Right. I have no, no fear of being uh, just proven wrong or made a fool out of when I say, listen to me, you hold on through your battle. Yeah. You keep your eyes on God and let God do what he wants to do in this. Right. See, God's got a plan through your trial. Don't start going back to Egypt. Don't start going back to your old ways. Let go, Learn how to trust God through the battle. And it's just going to keep getting better. God's going to bless you. It's going to get richer. It's going to get deeper. It's going to get more exciting. Amen. Can I tell you, as uh, I'm sure some of you, I'm not sure how long you've been saved, how long you've been walking with God, but... Kind of at a place where I might have a little bit to be able to share with somebody saying that when I got filled at 16 years old and and now I'm a little bit more than 16 years old. Amen. That God is still just as great and just keeps showing. I keep learning. He's not changed, but my understanding and my experience with him just keeps getting more amazing. Amen. And it will. It will. You keep growing. You keep learning. You keep finding out those, 
Some, some, you know, the book of Hebrews talks about laying aside every weight. You know, sometimes people aren't having the greatest time with God because they're still, you know, it's, it's no fun having to, to go somewhere, whether you're walking or you're running a race like they're talking about, carrying a weight. He says, lay aside the weight. It's a lot more fun without the weight. You're going to enjoy yourself without the weight. It's going to be a lot easier without the weight. And when God's saying, hey, just lay that aside, and you're saying, I don't think I want to. When it comes through the preaching and, and, and it's all about, about where you're at and some of the things, and you know the Holy Ghost is saying, that's a weight, that's a weight. Right. And you're saying, I don't think I'm going to hell for that. You're carrying a weight, though. Right. And uh, you say, no, I'll be all right. I'm not going to hell because of that. God's saying, but you know what? It's going to just keep getting better when you lay aside the yeah. weight. Right. Just lay it aside. Right. Amen. Amen. It just keeps getting better. But what God is always doing, what God is always, his plan and his purpose was never just for you in your isolated little box to be loving it every, every day more and more. But God's plan is for the house. God's plan is going to unite homes. God's plan is going to unite families. And God's plan is to orchestrate, if you will, his body into those greater experiences in him. Those greater victories. Those greater, greater testimonies. Because as awesome as it is for you to have that relationship with God that just keeps getting better. That we are not complete. This is the frustrating part. Amen. Because we like to say, you know what, me and God, we don't need anybody else. We can kind of go off and be a little, you know, spiritual hermit. You know, or how about those real spiritual monks and, and the mon- and the monasteries uh, where they go just hide away from society. And, and that's exactly what Jesus meant when he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Right. Makes a lot of sense. I'm super spiritual. I, I just love God so much. I won't have anything to do with anybody else. And I'll hide away. Not Bible. It's not Bible. But see, the Bible talks about we are members of a body. And what really challenges us is to be able to humbly work together for the greater cause of God's kingdom. That we recognize, and it's even been said in the testimonies this morning, that it's so much more about what I'm going to get. Right. That it's hard for people. It's, it, it chases people off sometimes. I'm going to go in there and people are going to, people? Scary. <laughs> They're going to be praying with me? Oh, are they, are they going to, you know, are, are they going to, you know, touch me? The Bible talks about laying on hands and, and, and these things are, do I, do I have to get around them? Do, are they going to hear me? You know, do I, are you going to get me up there in front of everybody? Are they going to see me? Yeah, you're going to, it's, it's, it's not just your experience. It's what God is doing and, and, and how somebody else can be helped and blessed and challenged and used. All for God's glory. It, it 
really is going to challenge you because as much as I love being so important to God that really I have to humble myself and set that aside and say, you know what, there's a bigger picture here. God, what are you doing in this world today? And how can I be a part of how you're making a difference? I'm afraid that there are so many, and I'm going to put the blame really in the pulpits, but uh, so many more that that really miss the vision that God's trying to put in for that greater glory. The understanding, the, the, uh, the view of, of the church that says, you know what, God's got a plan for us to, to, to lay aside so many just, just petty and, and, and personal issues and say, God, it's not my will, but your will that is more important. This Philippians two, Philippians two is uh, it's amazing to me. You know, I I talked a few weeks ago. I guess it was maybe a couple Wednesday nights ago about how the early church had their share of of error. A lot of folks, you see, well, this is a this is uh, an old manuscript from an old book, and and uh, you know what the 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 church has somehow taken that away and hid it from us. And you say, well, you know, if you've ever read it, you'll find out why because it's yeah. wrong. Right. It doesn't fit in. You know, if I read from Genesis, it fits in with my Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, oh, right. like just dovetailed perfectly together, miraculously together. When I when I read through, we're talking about the tabernacle Wednesday night and and the the bread and the light and the incense and the uh, all these things just dovetail into New Testament salvation and who Jesus is. When something doesn't have that flow to it, you say, well, that's because it's not God. So just because it is old doesn't necessarily mean it's truth. And look at this in Philippians 2. You would think just you have we have this idea that just everybody first century, man, they just all had it just so good. And they were all just on target. And and but but they had their battles. Paul in Philippians. Now, he's he's in a jail. Remember that it's is a prison epistle. He's writing from prison. And he says in Philippians 2:19, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I may also I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. So Paul is the you know the uh the caring minister and he is not only just kind of sitting there writing them letters saying do this and do this, he cares about them. Yeah, right. He wants to know how they're doing. And he's not even interested in saying, well, just write me back and tell me, we're doing good. We're fine. You know, one of those letters, how are you doing? Fine. Right. I'm going to send Timothy there, and I want him to spend some time with you, and he's going to return and let me know how good you're doing. Yeah, right. He's going to tell me the truth of where you struggle and where you're strong. And yeah. he said, I'm looking forward. But listen to what he says about Timothy. And it's, it's an amazing compliment, if you will, to Timothy. Yeah. But what a sad thing also. Look what it says. For I have no man like-minded. He's talking about Timothy now. He's got the same vision. He's got the same purpose. Who will naturally care for your state. He's going to get in there. And I trust that when Timothy goes there, Timothy's not worried about his own reputation. 
He's not worried about pleasing people and making friends and being popular. He's going to get in there and, and minister. He's going to help. How many know that as a, maybe as a parent, sometimes it's, you make decisions that aren't just popular. Sometimes you do things, you say, oh, you know what? Uh, and, and how many times children grow up and say, oh, I can't stand. They made me go to church. You, you know, how many times do you see an adult say, and they made me brush my teeth. <laughs> These wicked, evil people, I refused to take a bath for the last 20 years because I was forced every day. <laughs> what other things did they do that were so awful that they thought were good for you? But you know what? You're not trying to be a buddy. You wish they understood and just pray that they will grow one day. But you say, you know, you can't stay up all night. You can't just eat all junk. Amen. Timothy, he said, I know. I know he will naturally care for your state. You know, there's some people that will say they're your friends, but they're not your friends if they're just enabling you to keep going in a in a self-destructive lifestyle. They'll be your friend and tell you the truth. And Paul said, I know Timothy is like that. But listen to this. This is the sad part. For all seek their own. In Paul's day, of all the the helpers that Paul had, Paul said it's just so hard to find somebody who can lay aside their ego, lay aside their pride, lay aside what their desire to be loved and appreciated and seem to be so important and and just be a blessing and a help to the kingdom of God. They care more about God and his heart and his state, his kingdom, let me say, and the state of of his rather his, his his will being done and people being helped, not enabled. All seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. God wants to raise up. Hear me now. I believe God's going to raise up laborers. This has been my prayer from day one. Lord, raise up people that don't have a personal agenda that have laid aside their, you know, Jesus, the Bible says as our As our great example in the book of Philippians earlier, it says he made of himself no reputation, took upon himself willingly the form of a servant and humbled himself to be obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. No reputation. Now, there's nobody I don't believe, you know, that that doesn't like to be liked, (laughs) that doesn't want to be loved. Even as a parent, you, you, it, it breaks your heart. You know the old saying, this hurts me a lot more than it hurts you. That sounds like such a cliche, but there's nothing truer that says, you know what? I, 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 I'm looking forward to that day when, when you'll recognize that to be healthy, to be strong, to, is to take responsibility and do sometimes what is inconvenient and not so much fun, but it's going to be so much better for you. See, we're living in a day to take personal responsibility and to really go out and do the things that maybe I, I just not up to it today. I don't feel like it. I've got so many. I, I, I've got so much baggage on me. And God says, you know what? Praise God. 
You just keep, I'll be your strength. I'll be your help. I'll direct you. But you, you've got to just go ahead and, and labor for my kingdom. I have found. All the things that you need in God, all the healing in your heart, all the strength in your soul and in your mind, all the, the, the miracles that you're praying for, God's not going to let that pass by when you just say, you know what, my goal is God, let your will be done. Help me to help what you want in this service, what you want in my life, what you want in the church, what you want, Lord, in this community. God knows how to take care of us. Yeah. When we say, God, I want you to know, first and foremost, I'm working for you. You know, uh, keep that thought. I was thinking so much, so much, uh, so many scriptures. Ezekiel 34 is is one of many places. If you look up the word pastor, pastors, shepherd, shepherds, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, you will find some of the most harsh judgment being pronounced by God. All right. Did you expect me to say that? Uh, see, God's looking at those that are in leadership. God's looking at those throughout all the kingdoms. Yeah. I know some people say, well, because pastor is sometimes pluralized and it means that, uh, well, there's supposed to be a, uh, a board of pastors in every church. But you got to remember that there were 12 tribes covering a vast amount of territory. And, and God's word is going out to all of these. And in your New Testament, even, these, these letters were, were, were passed around in some areas and some, some nations and even, even in other nations that they, they were read. So there, there were multiple leaders in, in, in this, in a great geographic location, but, but there are still multiple laborers and people that are gifted and talented and, and useful. We all ought to be seeking to do God's will, right. be a part of what God is doing. Amen. Right. But you'll find that Sadly, it was the people that were leading that were lacking. Ezekiel 34, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God unto shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, ye clothe you with wool, ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which is broken, neither have ye brought again that which is driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty ye have ruled them, and they were scattered. Can I tell you, Christians, churches, ministries, leadership, have failed a greater part yeah. of our communities. That's yes, why you hear about people's faith being deconstructed. You hear about people just totally questioning everything. And, and it's why I kind of try to lightheartedly tell people on the regular, I tell people, hey, listen, just, just, like, just like food, just, uh, you've heard me say it so many times, you probably get sick of it, but I say, you know, just because you ate a taco at, Me- at, at Taco Bell, 
Don't think that there's not better Mexican food out there somewhere. There is hope. And, and people have come to church and they've seen the foolishness. They've seen the hype. They've experienced some of the, the, you know, sometimes I worry people get the wrong impression of me when I talk about all, all they want to do is, you know, kind of a feel good church. Hey, I, I, I like feeling good and I want you to feel good too. But when all it is is motivation and faith and there's no repentance, there's no dedication. There's never a time when we bow the knee at an altar and say, not my will. See, that is foreign to a lot of folks that have been in church on a very regular basis for years. Not my will. Wait a minute. I took this church because that's the style I like and, and that's what I'm comfortable with. And, and those are the programs I like. And what about a cross? Oh, yeah, I've got them hanging up all over the place. What about your cross? What? That Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. The idea, sister was talking about uh, people thinking it's, it's works because you, you, you preach, hey, being kind all your life won't get you into heaven, but preaching that God will change your life and change your heart and, and, and make you kind. Yeah. At least a little more kind than what you were. Right. And he'll keep working on you. Yeah. He'll start working in you that you will turn from sin and, and, and not desire the things you once desired. That's what God does. God will help you in you, not being judgmental, not being proud, but God will put in you a, a, a heart that says, ooh, I used to do that. I used to drink from that well. Now I've got rivers of living water just flowing from me. I, I, I used to talk like that. I used to be like that. Oh, God, I, I'm so thankful for that you made me better. Not better than anybody else, just better than what I was. God will change you and give you, help you grow and see that, that there's life. There's purpose. There's meaning. That the things you once were passionate about, you look at it like Paul and said, it, it, it doesn't, it's, it has no value to me anymore. It's, he, he uses the word dumb. God's, God's got to get our, the churches and the Christians back to a place of, of ministry, service, a, a, a place where we bind our, our hearts together. And, and that glory can be revealed when the spirit of, of Jesus is in us, that they will see that the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the faith. The glory of that latter house is not just merely going to be me saying, I, I'm doing better than I've ever done and I feel better than I've ever felt. But how effective are you to be a help and a blessing and get behind what God is doing at your own cost, at your own expense, really? That, that Paul said, I, the more I spend and I am spent, that, that you invest yourself in God's will. That you invest yourself into seeing somebody set free, somebody helped, somebody ministered to. Right. We have 
spent a lot of time looking at this world. I'm talking as a church now. The, the church has spent a lot of time looking at a generation void of personal responsibilities, full of entitlement, full of how we're going to complain all day because it's not done a certain way that we like it. But then when we come to church and sit back and do the bare minimum for God's kingdom, when he's done the very best he could ever do to give ourselves to labor, to to love, to to serve. I want to tell you something about serving God. When God starts using you, when he opens up his toolbox and sees you're there cleaned up and ready to be used, available for him, you'll never find any more fulfillment in your life knowing that that God used you to be a blessing to be a help to serve it's what Jesus came to do and together the church it's our responsibility not to be entitled not to say what about this and what can can God do for me and what can the church do for me but what can I do to help to bless to serve to to give to love to Say, where is revival? Where are the miracles? Where are the great things? I'll tell you, you can build a crowd. You can build a crowd. Building people up with their selfish tendencies of, uh, of God's kingdom being just a, a bank to, to give. It and, but when you start saying, hey, this will help you when you're suffering. Yeah. This will help you grow when you're hurting. This will help you continue on. When you feel like you can't. When you start having a, a, a burden for others. When you love God's kingdom. I, I've shared this many times, but it's been a while. When I, when I think about David and, and he's in, in all his imperfections, he was just had so many aspects of 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 a shepherd he was brought out of the shepherd's field to be a leader of god's people and i believe that's why he was a man after god's own heart because he knew how to care for his father's flock selflessly he was willing to fight a lion and a bear just to be able to to make sure one of those lambs would be saved he 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 didn't value even his own life above above what his father valued and so God said, that's leadership. That's what I want to be in the, on the throne. And he had some, some mighty men with him. Joab was one of those. And Joab, for, for all that, he goes down in history as just a, a horrible person. But if you read the story of Joab, uh, David's general, really, there were times where Joab was such an asset to the kingdom. He was such a help to David's leadership. Times where David was faltering and Joab jumped up and stepped, stepped up to the plate and said, David, come on, we got to do it this way. That's, that's such an amazing... Thank God for people that can, that can not just... Can see weakness. Can see where there's needs and not attack and say, Ah, oh, let's see you. You're, you're human. I knew it. <laughs> so now I'm not going to have anything to do with you here. Right. Rather than say, hey, you're human. Yeah. You need help. Yeah. Right. Hey, I've got a question. I'm not coming to attack you. Yeah. I've got a concern. I'm not here to destroy you. Right. I'm not here to cancel you online. Right. I'm there to, to see if there's anything I can do to help. Yeah. 
Joab was kind of like that. But then one day Joab got hurt. Joab in the midst of the battle lost a brother. And as hurtful as that was, the story behind it really, really was his brother's foolishness more than anything. It it, it wasn't a vendetta. It wasn't personal. It, It was, but Joab took it personal. And the moment he served in the kingdom and it was a personal battle, he was no longer valuable. He could no longer do anything for God once he just came. Can I say it this way? Came to church and all he saw was what he wanted, his personal battles and arguments and problems with somebody. To do God's will, you've got to rise above all that and be able to say, okay, God, what's your will? What's your desire? What's your heart? Amen. While you're worried about this or that or the other, and if somebody needs healed or somebody needs saved or somebody needs help, and, and all you're, you're concentrating on is, is your little, uh, little battle that you're in, your little vendetta, revenge. Yeah. Help us, God. Yes. There's glory. I want to tell somebody here today, there's greater glory. There's a greater anointing. There's a greater move of God for you and and your walk with God. God's not done yet. But when you see that it's going to be a part of God, what are you doing as a body, as a people? What are you, what's your will, Lord, for this day that your vision can go past your, your little battle or even your family or even this church? But together we can say, God, what can we do for your kingdom? Where we can glorify you. What brings you honor today? What's going to be the best for you? I know what I'd like, but what do you like? Uh, How can I honor you? How can my worship lift you up? How can my testimony honor you? Hey, when testimony time becomes about me and what I like and what I've done and not what God has done and how great he is, it's not useful. When our worship is about look at how spiritual I am and look at how excited I am and not look at how great God is, it's not useful. When we care about souls, when we care about one another, when we care about somebody that might be lost, somebody might be hurting, and we don't sit back and say, oh, look, they're struggling. They're, they're not doing so good. Oh, that that's, that's bothers me. How spiritual. That's sarcasm. You, gotta, you, you notice when people aren't just on fire. Have you looked in the mirror and noticed anything there? When you notice somebody that's not doing so good, the greater glory is, God, how can I? Oh, I don't have time for that. I've got problems, and I've got enough on my own plate. The reason you're overwhelmed by your own plate is because that's where your focus is. But when you start saying, hey, there's somebody. We have enough time to point a finger, don't we? We have enough time to to talk about what they should be doing. Rather than say, you know what? God, how can I be a friend? That's where the glory comes. That's where the power comes. That's when God starts shining through us and others see that and say, wow, I want to be a part of that. I want to, I, I want that for, I want to be a part of that family. I want to be a, I want to be associated with that kind of community. I want to, I, I want to, I, I want what they've got because it transcends the selfish little attitude that, that is so often associated with church and with Christians with preachers, with ministry, with shepherds. The greater glory is when we, when we see God's will above our own, God's plan, God's purpose above our own. The Bible says without a vision, 
people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. God's vision is for a greater glory, a greater revival, a greater move of God that happens when we join together and let God rule, let God reign in us and through us minister and help all the battles that are happening and that are very real. The devil's fighting, but God, God is working in a greater manner. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful for the help that is in this church, the people that are available to say, you know, I'm here to strengthen. I'm here to build up. I'm here to be a part of God's purpose. I see that vision. I see that need of working together and shining God's light, ministering, serving one another. And see, as a pastor, it, th- when God starts moving, it's more than I can orchestrate. It's more than I can legislate. It's when God starts using and God starts working. It's not all when the pastor says, hey, do this or do that or, or, or say this or help. But God's going to start working in your testimony prayer and your and your help and, and all you do God's going to lead that in something greater and as the devil fights in that shaking we were talking about there in Haggai but it's also mentioned in the book of Hebrews again the 12th chapter God says there's a shaking going on things get difficult Things get unstable in your life, but God's getting you to dig down some roots in you and get a foundation under you that cannot be shaken. And when you start having a heart to bless, to build, listen, listen to what God is saying. Be strong and work for I'm with you. Haggai was telling the laborers I'm with you I'm going to help you you remember what Jesus prayed or rather what he said to be praying for pray that laborers laborers not just any kind of labor not labor to make yourself feel important not labor to build yourself up and be seen but labor for the kingdom of God like Like Paul said of Timothy. Oh, hallelujah. Let's find a place to pray. God's working. God's working. Can somebody say, use me, God. Work through me.
you're going to do in your people. Help us all to just be, Lord, directed by you now. God, we ask you to keep us safe as we travel. Lord, I pray, shine through us, Lord, throughout this day. And Lord, if you tarry, Lord, I pray we come here again tonight in unity, Lord, to just draw near again to you. We love you so much. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.